Mike and Joey show. We're talking about everything. Baseball! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Wine and Cheese, a podcast where we pair whiny emo records with cheesy movies. I'm Joey. And I'm Mike. And this week we're going to be talking about Finch's What It Is to Burn paired with the classic 1981, The Burning, a movie about burning. With the theme an being album about burning. burning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I think there's going to be another uh, summer camp horror movie about burning in the future, too. <laughs> oh, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I would even bet that I think summer camp horror movies inherently are cheesy Yeah. anyway, so there might be even more than that later. I can think of like three or four off the top of my head that fit this like model, like the slasher. Yeah. There are some of my favorite kind of movies. They're so fun. And this is kind of like one of the pioneers of that, too. We'll talk about it we'll later. We'll talk about it later when it, we get to but the movie. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, what have you been listening to these days? Um, so I've been listening to, I've been revisiting a lot of Interpol recently because they're playing that show in a couple months at in UT. Philly? Yeah. Cool. Um, so I've been going back and listening to them a lot. They have a new song even. It's pretty decent. All right. Um, and then I didn't really listen to the last two records a lot. I still kind of haven't, but I'm going to maybe check those out a little bit further. Who, Interpol? Yeah. I really only know uh, Turn On The Bright Lights. is That's honestly the only one I know. Really? It's you got, like, know, Obstacle 2. You didn't really like listen that? to like Antics, the second no. one that much, with Slow Hands on there? No. Wow, that one's really good, too. Really, the first three are great, especially okay. the first two. Well, we got a little bit of a theme because I've been on like a... a bl- I, I have heard for years like the Blur versus Oasis thing. Okay. So I kind of went album by album with each band and listened to them, Ooh. and I'm, I'm more of a Blur guy. You're more of a Blur guy. But even more than a Blur guy, I think I like Supergrass. I never got into them like at all. They're pretty cool. So like early Blur and early Supergrass are pretty pretty, pretty similar. Cool. And I feel like Oasis's songs are good, but they they have like too much of that rock star appeal for me, and they've yeah. got like the shtick on stage a little bit. And I don't, I don't know. It's you know, it's really good though. Is that new ish Liam Gallagher record? Oh, that's what, awesome. what he was touring on last year. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll check that out. Um, I'll check out some Supergrass. I never really listened to them. Yeah, I'll, I'll uh, send you some shit. Cool. <laughs> I'm still uh, I'm still listening to that Snail Mail record. Have oh, you yeah. checked that out yet? No, That's cool. not yet. This will be my reminder, though. And then uh, the only other thing I listened to that came out kind of recent is that they, somebody reissued the first mixtape by Joey Badass, and it's really good. Cool. It's called 1999. That's he, cool. He has a dollar sign in his name somewhere? He does. He That's has two. Cool. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> and Badass. Can I start calling you Joey Badass? <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah. Uh, oh, fun fact about him. Uh, when the eclipse happened last year, he stared at it. Oh. And it ruined his eyesight. For real? Like, he's not blind, but he has to wear, right. like, corrective, like, no. uh, sunglasses whenever he goes outside now. Let this it's be crazy. a reminder to our listeners. Do don't not. stare at the fucking eclipse. <laughs> yeah, don't. They tell you not to for a reason. The amount of people that were doing it, as like, it, when it happened in Philly, we would drive by people just looking up. I was like, no. Dude, his Twitter, when it occurred, was something to the effect of, like, one tweet was like, I'm going to look at the fucking eclipse. Like, nobody's going to tell me not to look at the eclipse. And then his next one Damn. was like, going to the hospital. I looked at the eclipse, basically. I, like, I might be blind. Yeah, and <laughs> everybody thought it was, like, a joke at first, but no, he, like, has to wear, like, special sunglasses and stuff now. Is that what happened to Fetty Wap? I have no clue what he happened has, to Fetty Wap. He has glaucoma. <laughs> oh. Is that I found come out, from I, looking at the eclipse? Glaucoma? No, no, no. It's just, it's I like think a, you're born with it. Maybe okay. you're born with it. I found out recently maybe I don't have glaucoma. <laughs> glaucoma. I just have really thick corneas. Oh, really? I go get tested. Yeah. Wow. Pretty exciting. Shout out to the thick corneas out there. Shout out to Dr. <laughs> of, uh... 
of Plymouth Meeting PA. <laughs> also, I've been listening to a lot of power pop, like 80s, 90s power pop stuff, like Rick Springfield and The Cars and all sorts of things like that. Um, I think that's just like some of the best music out there, man. It's like kind of garagey, kind of punky, but also super cheesy and poppy. I like that. Um, yeah. I made a, a real long playlist of like 80 or 90 songs on Spotify I'll share with you. Ooh, I would like that. That cool. sounds cool. Yeah. Um, what would also be cool is to not burn. <laughs> oh, that is true. <laughs> um, this album. So I think. 2002s. 2002. What is the burn by Finch? I was in eighth grade, I guess. Okay. I was in 10th, so I believe. It, so it definitely hit me more than it hit you, I'm going to say. Absolutely. This is one of the few albums that I can name start to finish the track listing. I'm yeah, I missed the boat on this. Actually, you know what? Do it. Okay. Oh, now I'm on the spot. <laughs> uh, okay, so it's New Beginnings, Letters to You, Postscript, Gray Matter, Perfection Through Silence, Awake. Oh no, now I'm on the spot. I'm climbing up. Um three simple words, Stay with Me, Project Mayhem, Untitled, Without You Here, Ender, What It Is to Burn. Sure. I'm I, not going to fact check I it, but I, I believe you. Son. I might have mixed up three Pretty simple confident. words and without you here because it's kind of the same song. But That's whatever. All right. Whatever. That was really exciting for the listeners. Um, <laughs> I used to make my dad listen to this on my way to school sometimes. Really? Like, I, I loved this album. Wow. So yeah. you have quite a history with this one. Sure do. I certainly do not. I don't even think it was until um, maybe like 2006 that I even started oh. to become aware of this the, this wave of bands. Really. Oh, so that's probably around Because I had by then I had like a couple younger friends mm-hmm. um, that were into stuff like this or adjacent to stuff like this. Yeah. So I was ca- sort of catching up then, but this is a band for whatever reason. I just never okay. checked out or slipped through the cracks or whatever yeah. you want to call it. Well, that was probably almost around the time their second album was coming out. Cause I think it was like, yeah, probably. for me later in high school that like, I think it was called say hello to sunshine came out and that one's all right. Um, yeah. I was aware of them because I mean, they popped up on like comps and stuff or, you know, I might've like looked I might've read like an issue of like revolver or something. And they were in there. I don't even know, yeah. but like they, I knew their name and yeah. stuff, but I mean, for whatever reason, I just determined it wasn't something I wanted to even check out. They were one of those drive-through records bands, which yeah. I like jocked so hard, like Hidden Plainview and Midtown and Newtown Glory and <laughs> yeah. all that stuff. Um, and like the band I was in in high school covered, I think like three or four of the songs off this album. Hell like, yeah, it was, it was they did. It's one of my favorite. Like, what was the band called? It was called Rejected Culture. Ooh. Cool. Pretty, pretty bad name. We got yeah. it from a, a an internet like uh, word generator. Like a band <laughs> Real, generator. Seriously, yeah, <laughs> that's pretty, pretty good. Cool. Um, yeah, it's, I, no, it's not cool. <laughs> I was telling you earlier, uh, this was the first time I've listened to this record, and maybe I've like listened to. You mean like I've, start to finish? From start to finish, yeah. yeah. And I, maybe I've heard some Finch songs here mm-hmm. and there, but I might have. Maybe only once ever did I ever recognize it as them or knew yeah. what it was that I was listening to when I heard it. For sure. But uh, they introduced me to like some good music via their covers. Okay. Like they covered Hum Stars and that album, like you'd prefer an astronaut. Oh, really? They would cover that That's a lot. Interesting. Um, I saw them live one time and they played, uh, I think it's called Engine Number no. Nine or something like that. It's like a Deftones song. They okay. love the Deftones. And they have like almost, I don't know if they're covered Refuse, but they have that Refuse D kind of like weird. Uh, not beat down, but like a lot of like metal so, influence, like sort of blend of styles. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like kind of like a. I don't even know what to call it. 
Um, like it makes sense that Daryl from Glassjaw is on a couple of songs. Like it they've does. got that aggressive sound, but also that melodic sound. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, they kind of nail the like singy, screamy thing. Yeah. Totally. Um, that became like, I mean, or that was so popular at the time sure. and became even bigger after that. Yeah. But then they also do like, I'm going to play a little clip of Stay With Me real quick. That's like a straight up like poppy like love song. Yeah. I don't know if they, I don't think they scream at all in this one. It's just like a straight up love song. Okay. But that's true. They definitely good. have that like, they have like a, like a pretty signature guitar sound right there. Yeah. Like that, not dissimilar from a lot of their contemporaries, Ooh. but was still kind of exclusive to them in a way. For sure. I noticed. So I looked it up. Um, this dude, Mark Trombino, if you've heard that name at all, he was the producer on this album. Okay. Some of his other credits are from around that time. Midtown, The Starting Line, Dude Ranch by Blink-182, Something Corporate, Jimmy Eat World. Like, this dude was, was rolling just, in the emo dough. It's just like the hit factory for, for, for sure. Uh, like, you know, drive through records and adjacent bands. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, the, the album art's pretty whack. I don't know if you've checked out. It's the like album an ice or, cube tray. It's an ice cube tray, and on the on the back, it's like a measuring cup or something. It's like really like, like it feels like they were just like, all right, whatever. We don't I did. Yo, I list. I read about that. Um, I think it was on Wikipedia, but they called it like an ice bucket on Wikipedia for some reason. Written by but like someone who's British. Or certainly, something. <laughs> an ice cube tray with like one missing cube. Yeah. Right, and then the back. I didn't get to see the back, but yeah. Uh, when asked about it, they just said, "Oh, we just wanted something that looked cool." <laughs> and I don't know if they meant aesthetic. that literally, but I definitely don't think they meant it literally. And it because was like, oh, what about a close-up of some ice cubes? It reminds me of like the freaking Mudvayne record for some no, reason. It does. So I, I thought like it looks almost like I remember when I when I bought it, I was thinking like, is this like a drug thing? Like it almost looks like right. it would be like a heroin needle or something. Yeah, like, and like in passing, you don't even like unless you're really focusing on it. It yeah. actually wasn't even till earlier today that I realized it was an ice cube <laughs> tray. Ice cube tray. <laughs> but I which just, has nothing to do with burn, like what it is to burn. You think it's it'd quite be like the an illustration? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're just ironic, I guess. I don't even think that much thought went into it. <laughs> Um, I looked up their tour. I found it on Wikipedia as well, but their tour from like April to April one year, April and May, brand uh, new in the starting line. Was it around this time? Uh, it was right after this. Okay. Yeah, I think it was right after this album came out. So April and May, they toured brand new in the starting line, stacked. They did Warp Tour all summer. October or November, something corporate in uh, Further Seems Forever, some of oh, our friends. Wow. Okay. Um, November, December, UK tour with From Autumn to Ashes and Coheed and Cambria. Wow. Alistair was replaced by Steel Train for their January tour. February co-headlining tour with The Used, which I would have, like, that's, these two bands literally are the only things I listened to for <laughs> six months. Um, and then they did a March tour with Movie Life, Census Fail, and A Static Lullaby, and capped it off with a tour with Brand New. That is a That year, was all within a year? That's all within one year of, like... I would have killed to be at any of those shows. That's extremely <laughs> impressive. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Like, that's like, if you're this band, the, that's the tours that you wanted to be on. Absolutely. Like, they're all that, the biggest bands of that time for the for the genre, you know? And, like, must have been insane exposure for them. It's probably so I have, fun. I have no... I know that Finch is, like, popular, but I have no frame of reference on how popular they actually are. So... Th- yeah, that's a good. That's kind of a good call. So they didn't. Tour. I feel like maybe they're bigger than we even imagine them to be. I thought of them as like the biggest band in the world at this time because I right. really, really like them. But I think you're right. Like, 
when I was in college, I saw them once, and then they toured a little bit around. Like, I, they kind of go yeah. in waves of, like, doing stuff and not doing anything. How many records do they have? About four or so? I think they have three and two EPs. Okay. Uh, I think one of the LPs I saw was, like, maybe the deluxe version of this record, maybe. True. I also think they might have come back recently and broken up again. Like, a couple of years ago, I think <laughs> really? they came back and tried it, and it didn't and work. And it just didn't yeah. work out. People didn't care, maybe. Yeah. Well, by the time this episode airs, they will have already played Philly. Oh, wait. Yeah, they're playing it. So maybe they didn't break up <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, duh. I guess, or they did and they're back again. <laughs> Could be. Um, yeah, so. I feel like they're, they're that, like, perfect, like, wristband trucker hat era. <laughs> wristband that, trucker hat way of describing it. Yeah, but for yeah, sure. I feel like for the, that style of band, they were, they're huge. I watched a clip of them playing on Jimmy Kimmel in 2003 to, like, the biggest crowd. Nice. And the singer is wearing a trucker hat when they first start. It's like a red trucker hat. Hell yeah. And then he just, like halfway through the song like throws it on the ground or something i don't know that's cool <laughs> yeah i'm gonna play uh this is them covering hum uh live on like jimmy kimmel or something back in the day okay yeah so that's that's them covering hum um i think it's pretty cool yeah it sounds okay <laughs> sounds great um <laughs> i know that's not on the album i've got a lot of finch demos that i'm going to subject you to so. that's fine um i think that okay so i will preface this by saying i'm not even remotely a glass jaw fan no but the song project mayhem is hard <laughs> dude it's got like weird electronic glitchy programming stuff yeah like, I feel like that's what Nine Inch Nails would sound like, but I don't know what they sound like. <laughs> really? No. It's maybe like a minute too long. Oh, yeah. Because it's like four and a half minutes or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's cool. It's like, ex- like it's I don't different. want to say experimental. It is experimental. In the grand though. scheme of things, it's kind of not. But for this record, it most certainly is. Hated that song when I was younger because really? it was long and it was it's so weird. weird and it's awesome now. It's yeah, like it's They cool. tried something different. It works. They do that kind of like programming stuff on a couple other tracks. They do it on like what it is to burn. Okay. With like there's like strings and cellos and stuff. Oh, and yeah, you're like, right. Um, and they might do it on Ender. Uh, but yeah, they do it throughout the record. And like it fits really well. Yeah. Because they have that kind of weird industrial like late 90s sound. And it kind of remi- like makes like a cool like um, varied sound throughout the record too. Because otherwise it would be pretty stale. It's a little long. It's like an hour, long, an hour and a minute long, yeah. I think. 13 um, songs, I mean... Which is certainly, like, more than the attention span of maybe most of their fans at the time. That's true. Um, I'll play... I think this riff in the beginning of Grey Matter is, like, badass. It's really fun to This play is the guitar. other song with Daryl Palumbo. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. Come on. <laughs> okay, there we go. Cool double-picking part. So beautiful. <laughs> Good air guitar. Yeah, that song. part's pretty cool too. Yeah. I think I I don't know. I think this album's I, I don't know if it holds up because I've got a weird standard of like I used to really like it when I was younger and right. Yeah, like I'm a nostalgia factor for, for sure. sure. So I'm, I might not be the best judge, but I think these songs are still really cool. I think it's fine. Wouldn't I would be probably playing them in my car. <laughs> like, I would maybe trim like three or four tracks, and then I think it would be like a, a nice length or something like this yeah. and i would you know not necessarily listen to it but it would be more listenable for me personally mm-hmm. um i do think that the title track is pretty okay 
the title um, track. Oh yeah, that that's they have a video for that one. Yeah, they do. That one for some reason the, I always think that's like a hidden track or something, but it's the title track. The it's, video and it comes last. It's weird. On, on, I think on Spotify it's also track one. Is it not? I think track one's new beginnings because oh, you might be right. New beginnings. Yeah, I don't know um, what I'm thinking. Maybe Spotify's got it jacked up. You never know. Yeah, who knows? But um, the music video reminds me a lot of like Girls Not Gray music video <laughs> yes. for some reason. There's like a part. <coughs> excuse me. Um, where he he references like blood in the sky or something. Mm-hmm. You probably be, you probably the know the sky line better than me. Is blistered or something he, i think he says blood i don't know though maybe he's he blistered but then the sky is like red above him in the video which is like very on the nose see if we can find it <laughs> yeah well wait are you watching the sky it is still fire oh you're just playing the song i thought you were watching the video oh that'd be cool should we watch the video <laughs> yeah <laughs> totally. good podcasting. <laughs> um they also do a drum fill in here which just goes like snare ride hi-hat which is the in every emo band yeah <laughs> is it like in the beginning that's somewhere he might have just we would have talked over the sky still fire part but it's, it's all good and as kind of cool as that song is letters to you is a better song and better video Ooh, too i saw something on wikipedia where they made a video for letters to you and they were like uh yeah it's shit so they made another one. <laughs> oh, really yeah. i would like to see that original video then the second one i mean the one i know that people know i would imagine is fine it's like i don't know it fits it's definitely more interesting because it's like it's like a little kid he's like Oh, wearing that a one. devil mask. He's kind of running away from it. He's like right? running away. There's like an old man involved somehow. <laughs> you can tell I watched this a lot. I watched it today. <laughs> um, they're but they're playing in like a basement room, and there's like sparks from like loose wires. Oh. And one thing I thought was really weird is the walls, the bottom portion of the walls in this room that they're in, entirely lined in radiators. Like just radiators along every single wall, and I was like, "That's really weird." Interesting um, observation. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And then there's like an old man who like pulls up his floorboard, and underneath the floorboard is them playing in the basement room. This sounds like a fever dream. <laughs> it does. <laughs> They're like, "Cool, let's do it." But like, and then like the footage of the band playing is fine. I don't know. It just fits. I don't want to say that I like it, but it yeah. fits and it and it it's works well. Totally, you know? it works. Yeah, yeah. totally. Um, and I appreciate it for that reason. There's a lot of double bass on this album too. Like I feel like the drums yeah. in this album are like way he's doing too much, but it works. It's, there's some heavy parts, man. Like yeah. when the all the screaming parts are kind of hard. There's one scream in a song where he holds it out for like 20 seconds. Really? Yeah. Yeah. He's <laughs> yeah. got chops. It's <laughs> great. Nate Barkalo. Is that the singer's name? That's the singer. Uh Randy and Alex play guitar, Derek plays bass, and Alex Lenaris plays drums, I think. What else were you boasting about that you could name Finch-related before um, we started recording? Was it the members? <laughs> probably, probably the members. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote, um, uh, there's a lot of Hoobastank sounding guitar parts, especially yeah. in the song Three Simple Words. <laughs> I definitely liked Hoobastank when they first came They have that like sort of like intro crawling in the dark riff in that song from in what I recall. Three Simple Words? Yeah, I think so. Not that specifically, but later in the song, it reminded me like very much of Hoobastank. Mm. 
Maybe I skipped around Maybe too we'll much. Cut missed it. It. We'll cut that part. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll find it. <laughs> um, there are a lot of pick slides on this album too. Yeah, hell yeah, there are. I love. It, I love dude. a good pick slide. Same. I think we mentioned that. I think our last record had a pick slide too. I, I think a lot of emo records are going to. Yeah, they do. Um, I wrote the slow jams are not their strength. Yeah, that's. Oh, actually, hold up, because Ender is sick. This one. It's funny. There's a song called Ender, and there's a song after it. <laughs> yeah <laughs> maybe that was the original ender of the record and they didn't know what to call it maybe they're just really an enders game that could be or the some, movie or some scott card <laughs> um they used to have did you ever get like i guess did you play guitar when you were younger at all um i owned a guitar did you ever get guitar world magazine <laughs> no but i was aware of it they would do a thing in the back where they'd have tabs but they'd also give you like for this one guitar pedal, tone it to this and make it sound exactly like Finch is Finched. what it is to burn. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's so awesome. I would do that in high school and just go down to my basement. It's really fun. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Um, maybe I was going to go to the demos. Do you have anything else you want to Oh, I was going to say, uh, one of the songs was on like the Atticus Dragging the Lake compilation. That makes sense. I, I feel like maybe the first time I saw this band's name was probably on the back of an Atticus comp. Yeah. I was like browsing in the store. Totally. Um, I feel like which is Atticus Finch, dude. Do you get it? Oh wow! Whoa! Did they <laughs> have blown. like? Uh, I feel like this is a kind of band that would have like lyrics in a Macbeth shoe. Is that true? Did they do that? Yeah, like, they lyrics? did that. I they never had, owned Macbeths. Oh really? They yeah. had like band lyrics in them. Like everybody oh. used to like freak out because they were like, "I got the Bane ones no or something." Way. But That's cool. Yeah, what, what for Bane sure. lyrics were in there? Something from like give blood i have no idea I yeah don't fuck with them no <laughs> no oh man bane's cool <laughs> uh i feel like compilations were such an important part of finding music when you're younger and i guess now it's just playlists or whatever yeah it's the it's kind of a lost form for yeah. sure we could sound like, like old dudes all day but like i don't know like i would always like save my allowance for a couple weeks and i would yeah. go buy some cds but once I found out that comps were only like five bucks Dude, they at so cheap. FYE or whatever FYE was called at the time in yeah. my area, I would just load up on those. I would find like one or two bands I really, really loved. Mm-hmm. And I'd get a record by them. Yeah. And then I would like sell all that stuff once I was done listening <laughs> to it, repeat the process because I just wanted to hear new stuff and all the time. as much as you can. And yeah. I would like keep the ones I really, really loved. Yeah. But well, even the ones get, I liked, I would get rid of eventually to hear others. I feel like the comps are the things I would listen to the most, though, because, like, sometimes I wouldn't be into listening to a whole record. But, like, Attic- yeah. Atticus, like, the Warp Tour records, you could get, like, Life in the Fat Lane, like, the yeah. Fat Record stuff. You could get Punkorama. Yeah. You could get Take Action. There were so many Vagrant, I was big Under into, the Streets. Yeah, like, I was big into Punkorama and, like, the Hopelessly Devoted to You yeah, comps. Yeah, yeah. There was so much. There's like music on the brain was one. Like yeah. that was a really good one. And like the lookout stuff. There was one called Punkzilla, which I really loved. Oh, I don't know that one. I had like a cool I had like a cool song about AFI on there and like some Rufio and stuff yeah, like that. Rufio. Uh, <laughs> um but uh yeah, I'm sure Finch made their way to a couple comps. They were they, I think they had um I'll play one song. Well, they're on a couple punk goes comps we found out. <laughs> maybe we won't get into that. This song is also on um the Underworld soundtrack, but it's from Whoa. one of the, it's from one of the punk or not punk It's from the second Atticus uh docu- documentary. I'm losing my mind. <laughs> a compilation. Uh let me find it real quick. It's called Worms of the Universe. Do you know that one? Have no, you seen Finch Underworld? was in Underworld? Yeah. That's crazy. It is pretty wild. That's pretty big for them. This was like right after this album came out. 
this song came out and I was like, what is this? Because then their second album, Say Hello to Sunshine, is kind of like... More radio-y? It's kinda? like not radio-y. It's oh. like weird and avant-garde in parts. And it sounds it's more like, like kill, kill some werewolfies. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, I'm just going to subject you to more demos now. Um, That's this fine. Is, this is an early one from before the full length came out uh, called Apologetic Theory. It's way poppier if you can hear that. Sounds a little bit like a Blink-182 Buddha track. Yeah. And the lyrics are pretty like amateur. Yeah. Uh, another early do they, one do they Bury do Bury Me. Do they do much like the clean and then screamy stuff? Oh, vocal-wise? Vocal-wise early um, on? I feel like most of it was more clean. Because they have it like pretty locked down on this record. Yeah. Like, yeah, like seamless, like sing into scream. Yeah, they. we were talking about this earlier. It's kind of like... Oh, yeah, this is definitely a little bit more melodic. Yeah. Um, we were talking about it earlier, but like they out the gate on the first record, they kind of nailed the sound that you would expect them to have like later like by the third record a lot of bands don't even yeah quote unquote perfect it until then and i think i read something that it took them like a year to write most of those songs completely and they were focused pretty hard on writing them but like crazy yeah that's it that's some you know a lesson in discipline but you know absolutely i wrote that uh it also shows that they toured for a year straight then after it you know like yeah they were into it like right out the gate um i wrote the guitarist became friends with the owner of drive through records from a fan letter oh r2k randy which is uh, yeah, yeah which is how they uh basically got signed that's so crazy like he invited yeah, they them used to be called numb that's right yeah he invited them to come play at wherever he was and i think his wife is the other co-owner of drive through stephanie and richard i think or yeah something like that. yeah um and then she so she could hear it as well and they mm-hmm. signed him like immediately that's wild yeah <laughs> here's them covering you too oh weird yeah it's a uh, with or without you <laughs> interesting <laughs> <laughs> um oh and then here's them covering nirvana it sounds pretty crappy in our headphones i'll replace it'll sound great cool the listeners will be none the wiser um <coughs> Yeah, so I've got some Finch covers on here. I guess that's it for the demos, really. I've got like a couple. I think there used to be something called like Sharpening Beneath. One of the lyrics he says, like, it's Sharpening Beneath Me. I think it's in like Untitled. So I think there's like Sharpening.net was like a fan site. When so. I was watching the uh, What It Is to Burn music video, yeah. for some reason I was able to focus more on the lyrics than I than when I was <laughs> just listening to the song, which is like very weird. Yeah. But. Uh, he says some pretty nonsensical shit, for sure. Like today is fire and she burns. He just like throws cool sounding like, sentences together with like no regard. There's one part where he says, "So what's the price to play? Uh, the, what's the price to pay for glory?" Okay. And I don't know what that like. I actually yeah, thought about that today. He like, like holds it out like it's a poignant thing to say, but it doesn't really mean anything. Yeah, absolutely. And but that, when I was 13, I was like. Yeah. You're like, yeah, dude. As a whole, I think that's how I feel about this guy's lyrics in general. For sure. <laughs> like, maybe if I listen to it then, because I was like huge into like at the drive-in. But like, Which, what is that guy talking about anyway? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> that song, like, uh, is it called Cosmonaut or something yeah. like that? That song is like the lyrics are they're so out there they're so out there so like that was very much the style at the time, which was to say just that's like true. ridiculously stuff that could like ridiculous stuff that was put like poetic to a 
17-year-old. Like, I feel know? like the Blood Brothers probably did that. Absolutely. Like just, That's, like, one of the first bands that came to mind. Yeah. Even though I, I love them. but uh, I don't really love them, but I like them. <laughs> They're fine. Um, Here's something that I would like to bring up. Can we think of a good Weird Al <laughs> pun song for Finch? Oh, okay. Um, so ooh. they've got... I'll read a couple of the song titles. You tell me if there are any good com- uh, puns that come to mind. <laughs> okay. Uh, Letters to You. I feel like that would be the one he'd cover because it's the most popular one. Yeah. Um, Postscript, gray matter, usually something with like a, a recognizable noun. I feel like it's always like something you kind of recognize the song a little bit. I think there's something in letters to you there, and yeah. that you could just have like a word that rhymes with you yeah. or sounds like you. Mm-hmm. Um, what what it is to burn could be like another good one too. Yeah, that'd be yeah that'd be what it is one. to learn. But yeah, maybe like, like an like educational song, yeah. but like a sc- educational screamo song. Yeah. That'd be pretty good. Yeah. Um, I can't think of one of letters to you, but I think I like uh, what it is to learn. That's I think pretty, that'd good. Be pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so Weird Al, if you're listening, which I know you are, please just do a quick Finch cover. Yeah, just in 2018, do a uh, <laughs> like a 16 years too late Finch cover. Well, I saw something. He closed every show of his most recent tour with a different cover. This was not planned, by the way. He just, he, I think it was like 80 shows. He covered. He ended the show with a different cover. His whole band. Oh, interesting. For 80 shows. You know, he was part of a, and not to get entirely <laughs> off topic here, he was, he did a, uh, <laughs> he's part of Cult. He did a song on like a Dr. Demento tribute record earlier this oh, cool. year. And it's just a straight cover of the Ramones. That's cool. I think it's Blitz, it's Blitzkrieg. Mm. And is it like no accordion, okay. no parody, <laughs> just the song? That's cool. And I was I like, think, "Wow, this is maybe the first non-parody song I've ever heard Weird Al play." <laughs> well, Albuquerque, he's got he's got some. Original I mean, he's got like, but no, well, he's got original, but it's not but it's a still comedy a cover. Song. Right? Yeah, um, wasn't was Cassie Ramone or not Cassie Ramone? Um, Colleen Green on that maybe too. I think she was. Yeah, on, she's like, on that too. Yeah, yeah. What an interesting. Like, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. Finch was not on that. <laughs> I want to go see him. I have a wedding the day they're playing in Philly, but I've also seen Finch with the dude whose wedding it is. So maybe we can like dip out for a little bit, go see Finch and come Definitely back to his wedding. Should yeah. His family. I it. thought about okay. So here is I thought about. I was like, man, if I could get like a free ticket to that, I'll go as like extra credit. I would pay for your ticket to go to a podcast. <laughs> but then I listened to this record and I was like. Actually, I think I'm okay. <laughs> Damn. I listened to this record and I was like, I will pay $1,000 to have them play in my basement. Wow. Um, it's and like, it's pretty crowded in here. Yeah. We'll we'll live cast it or something. <laughs> uh, there's no Pitchfork review for this record that I could find. Okay. Um, there is. So in the last episode, I referenced allmusic.com yeah. as the source. That's on that particular review. They did it a scale of five on this one. They did a scale of 10. So I don't know what their <laughs> system is here. They gave it an eight out of 10. Yo, I'm which telling I think you is like, it's good. Bizarre. I'm telling you, this is good, dude. That's fine. Personally um, for me, I'd probably give it more like a, like a five and a damn, half lower than further scenes forever. Yeah, I would. Which I would, we definitely recorded last week. Yeah, last week I gave further scenes for a six or a six and a half. This week I'm giving it the Finch a five and a half. I think within I would definitely genre, rather listen to that than this. Ooh, within this genre, I think this is one of the best albums of this style. So yeah, I'm, I'm I'm right there with all music. It's like an eight, maybe eight. even an eight five. Even 8. present 5. day, an eight five. 
really 2018. Like, I told you, I'm, I'm not the person to objectively review this. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I looked it up. Is this band emo? Finch is not an emo band. It is what, what it is. <laughs> did they write that? They did. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> they, they put like snarky little things below it where it's like, uh, is Blink-182 a punk band or an emo band? No, but they're a bunch of dude ranch. Like that's the worst example, but they, they write little snarky things below them. Um, but uh, I think they're an emo band. I, I certainly think they are. If not, I mean, they're emo slash screamo. Right. They're sure. like post-hardcore emo screamo. Like whatever. Yeah, if, whatever. If, if you're going to call they're this emo. band emo, then it opens up to so many other things. Yeah. We are calling Weezer's Blue Album emo. We're calling uh, yeah. Finch's What Is to Burn emo. Yeah, because they sound the same. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Couldn't think of a better dynamic. Um, I'm out of things to say on that record. All right. Well, let's take else? a little break. All right. We'll take a little break. With, We're going to uh, play a song. Play some Project Mayhem. Or What Is to Burn. True. We'll play Project Mayhem at the end. Back, we're back better in, than ever. That's right. We're gonna hit you guys with uh, with some real some real facts about the burning from 1981. Director um, Tony Malum. I don't know how to pronounce it, but yeah, we'll yeah, go with that. We'll go with that. Um, before that, you've been watching anything cool lately? Um, not too much, but I was able to recently rewatch uh, Jeff Who Lives at Home. I oh. hadn't seen that one in a while. It's, Is that back up on Netflix or something? I saw it's it on up Prime. Somewhere. Okay, it's on Prime. That could um, be it. I liked it the first time I saw it. I've only seen it the first time I saw it and this time, but yeah. uh, I don't know. For some reason, I just liked it a lot more this time. More? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I really liked it the first time around. I was on like a big, not a big like mumblecore kick, but like any yeah. kind of Duplass Brothers stuff. I know we talk about them every episode, but like any kind of <laughs> Mark Duplass bus. stuff. Yeah. Uh, anything like with Joe Swanberg and that whole like crew. Yeah. Like, I don't know something about just like white people in their twenties, thirties trying to figure out their life. It's yeah. just like an interesting movie for some reason. I forgot about the whole, like when he gets stoned and gets all hung up on the Kevin bit, like oh, when uh, someone calls and asks for Kevin and, uh, <laughs> He's like, there's no Kevin here. Kevin doesn't live here. And the dude like yells at him on the phone. <laughs> and then he like, uh, it's just like a funny, stupid, he like sees thing. a guy on the bus wearing a Jersey that says Kevin right. on the back. And I, I love that scene. Yeah. That's, um, what's his, that's not the Ed Helms character. That's the Jason Siegel character, right? Jason Siegel, yeah. but Ed Helms plays his brother. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm just saying, I think he's, he's the one that's like metaphysical and like a little more into the universe's connectivity. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's just really good. That I like. I rewatched it today. I liked it a lot. Have you seen Kings of Summer? Is that the one with the kids that like try to live in the woods? Yeah, yeah, that one's cool. Yeah, I recently rewatched half of it. I I have to finish it probably tonight. But I feel like, like I saw the main kid in something else recently. He's in. Oh yeah, no, you're right. He's in something that's coming out soon, but I can't think of what it is. I can't remember, but yeah, that but movie's, that movie's cool. great. I saw it yeah. in theaters at like the Philly Film Festival right when it was released. Um, and I've watched it probably a couple times since then. It's really good. Nice. My other movie that I rewatched recently is like, it's crazy to me. They haven't remade it. I'm really glad they haven't remade it, but escape from New York. Oh yeah. I mean, I feel like there's every couple of years, there's like a rumor that pops up that they are remaking it. I feel like there's been rumors of remaking big trouble in little China. Maybe that's, I haven't heard much about escape from like, it is the perfect, like almost like a purge. I could see it being ruined by like a purge kind of movie where it's like Manhattan's a maximum security prison and blah, blah, blah. And then they probably make it like the rock or overly corny and violent in the background stuff. Well, I brought it up. Got a cool Escape from New York poster right behind your head right now, actually. Thanks, man. Made by uh, Justin Miller, I think his name is. He's from like Jersey. His name is Haunt Love. I was going to say, what's his handle? Haunt Love. I think he designed this one, too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The John Carpenter Mahoney Drive-In one. <laughs> um, yeah, shout out to Haunt Love. Yeah, what's up, dude? <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, we were trying to talk about who would play like the Kurt Russell character. I don't think there's... a like a comparison to anyone who's like Kurt. I think he's. I think the real answer is person. present day Kurt Russell. <laughs> no, that would be. Cool. <laughs> that be. I'm, I would watch that. They talk about doing like a, <clears throat> Escape Earth because they did Escape LA, and then he's like, "There's nowhere else for Kurt Russell to escape from, or Snake Plissken to escape from." I don't think I like that. Well, I, I would. I don't watch think it, they'll ever do but, it. Yeah. <laughs> like I think that's John Carpenter's version of like George Romero always wanted to do Diamond Dead, where it's like yeah. the zombie heart or zombie rock and roll band or whatever. Where's Sorry. Go, go ahead. Where's Escape fall in in your uh, Carpenter ranking? It's definitely toward the top. Halloween is really tough to beat, but yeah. Big Trouble in Little China is really tough to beat, too. I think Escape fall is probably... Is pretty good. Maybe top three. Definitely mm-hmm. top three for me. Definitely. Yeah, I'm not sure the exact order right your now. Your number one's probably like... The Ward with Amber Heard. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> um yeah, I don't know what my number one is. I feel like it rotates a lot. It's probably Thing, truthfully. Oh, yeah. Um, Shoot. And then, That's maybe, just like good and then maybe Escape might be like two, and then three would be like They Live or something. But it changes all the time, yeah. man. I don't know. But I feel like Thing <laughs> is always number one for me. Escape, They Live. Oh, Assault on Precinct 13 might actually be up there, too. That Great. one's incredible. Like, Did that guy make a bad movie? You, uh, We went to the drive-in together when they were doing that right we would try and guess it was probably a friday july 29th i'm gonna guess wow really good memory (laughs) um (laughs) what year was that uh three years ago 23 years ago i think so because we went last oh no we might have been two years ago i don't think we've known each other for three years true (laughs) (laughs) but it feels like it was last year yeah right it was last week um whatever we'll talk about john carper which transitions us into like a good slasher True. Wow. Would you look at that? Unless you got something else you want to say about movies. I can't. And I only watched the one, so I'm good. Nice. Because I don't want to interrupt that transition, even though we already have. Kind of ruined it. So, so yeah, this is from 1981. Yes. And we've both seen it before, correct? I've seen this movie three or four times before, probably. I got the Scream Factory Blu-ray, baby. Oh. Yeah, it's quite nice. Nice. It looks great. Sounds great. Haven't really watched the... uh, I feel like I watched... There's like a cool makeup... Um, behind the scenes with Tom Savini, Tom Savini. on it. He did it in cool. three days. 
And he was well, like, he didn't do it in three days because it, for like bragging rights, yeah. it was because they made him do it in three yeah. days. He was like not stoked on how it looked. Yeah. Um, before we get too far into it, I'd like to, I'd like to play the first like dialogue of the movie, uh, which just kind of gives the plot and background of the movie. Yeah. All right, cool. Here no, it is. We don't have to. Tonight's a night. Cropsy is going to get what he deserves. Remember what he did to you, Snoop? And when he beat up Jamie really bad for nothing? Billy says Cropsy's been getting away with this shit for years. If we pull this off, it'll be the biggest number Camp Blackwood has ever seen. I want to find out who's in, okay? We're off. Jamie, you with us? Right. Snoop? Yeah, I'm in. Billy? What are you kidding? I can't stand that creep. How about you? As long as I get to see that motherfucker score. <laughs> Don't worry. Tonight's the night that we scare the shit out of Cropsy. Because when he wakes up, when he sees it, Nice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> really, really unsettling, kind of bad acting, I'm going to say. Yeah. Um, but it sets up the movie. Yeah. L- lets you know what to expect. It really does. Um, the former camp caretaker. Caretaker. The caretaker. Caretaker. <laughs> gets uh, horribly burned in a prank. Yeah. Pretty lame prank. Pretty lame prank. They just like... I did think that the... When he's like setting up the what you learn learn to be the skull or whatever, mm-hmm. um, the scene where he's like situating the box and in the back, like sort of beside him in the background a little bit more, you see the kids peering through the window. Yeah, and I like love that shot, on the window. man. Yeah. That was like an amazing shot. Where like when the main kid and them are all in the scene together, but mm-hmm. they're behind the window. And it's also the lighting was really perfect. Yeah. Like I thought that was an amazing shot. Yeah. And I do like the tapping on the window too, to kind of wake him up. It's like really, uh, it creates a lot of tension because yeah. it's just kind of like a bunch just of people tapping really over and like over off. and over yeah. and over. And it goes on maybe a little bit longer than the viewer wants it to go, which <laughs> makes you like a little bit more nervous about it too. Yeah. Like in a, in a good way, you mm-hmm. know, um, there are a lot of parallels to Friday the 13th. Yeah. Uh, there's like the canoe scene, there's like the skull is a lot like the skull at the end of the movie, and this supposedly was written before Friday the Thirteenth. But supposedly, like, I'll believe it when I see. Yeah, it. Yeah, me too. I don't know if I believe that. I also start to kind of blend a lot of these summer camp movies together. Yeah, like I keep thinking of like Sleepaway Camp, like the kid who curses a lot. Yeah, I thought he was in this for some reason, but then it's just like, the, oh, this is the one with Jason Alexander and Holly Hunter. <laughs> oh, dude, Jason Alexander with a full head of hair. Yeah, that's uh, a rarity. Yeah, and he does pretty well on this. He's like the porn peddler of the group which is so creepy yeah, he's like obsessed with like everybody jerking off he's talking about hustler <laughs> yeah he's like he just has he's like the kid at camp that just has whatever you need that's right he like sells the dude a bag of condoms at one point <laughs> did you catch that <laughs> I t- yeah, I that's such that. a weird i never i didn't remember that from previous viewings but uh I had he just look- has, they're just in a bag i don't think he sells it to this kid but i had to look it up Fisher Stevens is the name of like the dude. Yeah, dude. He looks super familiar. And I was like, why do I know? And it's Fisher Stevens. Yeah. Yeah. Fisher Stevens, the Fisher Stevens. He's in hackers. (laughs) He's in like everything. Uh, He plays Woodstock in this. That's his name. Woodstock. Yeah. He's, he's the kid with like the short shorts. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like he's not the main character. Obviously that's Arthur, but like, I feel like, do you, do you consider Arthur the main character? He's like the final girl. (laughs) Him and Todd, I guess. Right. Yeah. Um, 
One thing I was blur a little bit blurry on that I didn't really remember was that like was Todd and what's her name were they counselors or were they just older kids? I think they were counselors. Okay, because I feel like in the beginning there's a scene of her like waking kids up and stuff. Yeah, which leads me to yeah, that's she's an authority true. figure. But then they have like other scenes where um, they're participating in what the kids are participating in as if they were too. So I was yeah. like very confused by that's that. That's true. Maybe no one's um, ever been to camp. The writer was like, I don't know what camp is. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, Todd, the guy that plays Todd is from Philly. Oh, is he really? Yeah, his name is Philadelphia John. Philly so, Todd, Philly actually. Todd. No, his name is. Uh, oh you got boy. it. You I got it. it. <laughs> I wrote cool. it down and it is gone. I'm just going to say it's crazy. Brian Matthews. <laughs> oh, lame isn't name. A, isn't there a news reporter named Brian Matthews? Hardball with Chris Matthews? Chris Matthews plays Todd in this movie. <laughs> I didn't know Chris Matthews was from Philadelphia. Wow. <laughs> In the opening uh, credits, there's a funny uh, name. Did you pick up on this? Hang on, I got. I think I got it. <laughs> <laughs> the executive in charge of production. Yeah. Uh, fuck, I can't find. It. I had their it name is sure. Corky Burger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what I did? I don't have it in my notes because I took a picture of it. <laughs> yeah, I took a picture of it too, so I can write it down later. Corky Burger, the Corky executive Burger. in charge of production. I was I like, "Are that. you kidding me?" That's so good. Um, early on, I wrote down. Uh, when the caretaker is running out of the cabin on fire, he is obviously wearing a gigantic helmet. <laughs> like his head is huge. Similarly, I wrote down stuntmen are actually insane for setting themselves on fire. That's so crazy. Oh, I know, right? Like people, do you can that. wear all the like the layers of whatever fire protection wear that they wear. Yeah, I just after wear ten a lot. seconds, you are roasting. You got to be at least like very uncomfortably hot <laughs> at the at minimum. Let Damn. alone getting a little scorched, probably. <laughs> Still cracking up about Corky Burger. I'm sorry. Corky Burger. <laughs> Man, I love like the lore too of like the Cropsy mate, the Cropsy thing. Like, yeah, Cropsy Maniac. That's like based off of something. But then, oh really? I I first heard about it through the television show. You might have heard of it, Full House. There's an episode where they go to camp and they're afraid of the Cropsy Maniac. Did you ever go to camp? I never went to camp. Did Me you? Neither. I went for maybe like a little weekend camp for yeah. boys. Like I was in Boy Scouts when oh, I was cool. a kid. Um, I did like we didn't do as much camping camp. as you thought you would think, or though maybe we did, and I wasn't like a fan of it at the time, so like my mom didn't make me go. Yeah, but um, yeah, I yeah, did. I don't know. I never got the camp experience. I did day camps like soccer camp. Yeah, or I feel like kid, camp or parents just drop their kids off at camp over for like a whole summer just so they don't have to like take care of them. This might be Is that true. This might be racist, but most of the people who I know who are like Jewish have gone to summer camps. Oh boy, we're gonna have to cut. That's this. a thing, right? That's like <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> I don't know. I, I preface it, it so I'm fine. <laughs> uh, there's also the episode of Dude Ranch, maybe. Where Hey Dude, Hey Dude, what was Zeke the plumber? Hey Dude, better watch out for them killer cacti. Many Did they say that? Rabbits. Yeah. No. Oh, cool. Wait, uh, where they do what? They reference Cropsy Killer on there? No, but I think they do. Like Zeke the Plumber. You know what that is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I kind of remember I that. I think that's like a Cropsy kind of thing. It's yeah, like probably. It comes out of the toilet. Like play on any slasher, really? Yeah, could be. I don't know. Um, I, there's a me. good. There's a good quote that I liked early on when uh, the orderly and then like presumably the new um, guy working at the hospital go to visit him. And the orderly says, uh, man, this guy is cooked. 
a fucking Big Mac overdone. <laughs> <laughs> is that the same guy who says, this is what you got to see. This is where it's at. <laughs> yeah, I think so. And then the crops, the cropsy dude grabs his arm. Yeah. And he like just stands there and screams for like a minute instead of being like, yo, let go of my arm, dude. <laughs> hey, dude, you mind letting go? How is it that? That was all a cold open, by the way. All of up, up until there was a cold open. You're right. Because then they show the title sequence after show, that. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I like the theme song. <laughs> Like when oh, the yeah. title it's, sequence comes up, the music was done by uh, Justin Timberlake. No, I don't. It was. Done, wow. I feel, feel like it was done by somebody of note. No, um, maybe not. Whatever. I think it was done by Finch. Okay, cool. Yeah, <laughs> just just playing letters to you. In the, <laughs> the the credits are like super low budget though. They look terrible. The credits, <laughs> yeah, they do. Um, how do you feel about the shears as a slasher weapon? I like them. I kind of love them. I like their yeah. Uh, sold. I love them. <laughs> they're always so clean, though, they in this movie. Like they're very sharp. They're extremely sharp because, like, he just. Well, I mean, let's just transition into the kills. The kills in this movie are awesome, incredible. Like the raft scene is amazing. Like he like slashes somebody right in their forehead, and it takes a giant gash out. He shoves the so shears somebody's in the, head off. I think. Chops him. <laughs> maybe yeah. He chop. He uh. Stabs the one guy in the neck, uh-huh. like straight through the neck. Yeah, um, it's pretty gory. It's super like, gory, good man. Gory. And the blood is like very red. Mm-hmm. He, uh, the one guy, when he stabs him up against the tree, he gets him like in the neck or like the upper chest really well. Yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't remember too many of the other specific ones. Well, but. The one that always sticks out to me is like when the really weird, like rapey dude takes that girl out into the water and she comes back and her clothes are like strung out across the trees in like a way that she has to go get them. Yeah. And it leads her to this guy and to the killer, obviously. But like, um, I think that's just kind of a creative way. It's maybe not necessarily the best kill or whatever, yeah. but it's, it's a creative, like tension building kind of thing. One thing I thought was really funny was when, so the dude that bought the condoms, I can't remember his name. Fisher Stevens. <laughs> That's not Fisher <laughs> Stevens. I just learned his name. I'm really uh, happy. And then uh, the girl that he's with, like, they, like, have sex in the woods, and she's like, that's it? Is that it? And then uh, he, like, he's like, I'm going to go start a fire and get the mood back or whatever. <laughs> and then As one does. And then she's like, okay, cool, yeah. And then... Um, Cropsy shows up, kills her. I can't remember how, but then he's like laying in the sleeping bag with her when the dude comes oh, back. Yeah, that's right. Which is like, how do you not notice that? It's like just her head is sticking out. It's pretty dark. Um, oh yeah, he like lays down. He like peels it's it. Like, peels I it back. Thought, I didn't even think it was dark when the guy came yeah, back. Maybe it was. Probably not. Yeah, and he's just he's just like staring at her, and then he peels it back, and then all of a sudden, Cropsy has the shears shoved in dude's like neck yeah and then it's like already standing up within like a second it's probably some um, like probably some uh supernatural stuff going on there we don't yeah, know he just did a sweet sean michael style kip up i uh, think <laughs> that's what that's called a kip up yeah like when you spring onto your feet i can do that yeah you can i i used to be able to i like i don't think i can anymore we though. should do a kip up, off kip up contest this. yeah <laughs> there's uh, a, a surprising amount of nudity in this i think this is our first uh nudity for the podcast is it I think so. No. Episode one, dude. Varsity Blues is a strip club. Yep. yep. <laughs> Stricken from the record. <laughs> Come on. 
but this is our second nudity for the podcast. Thanks, Joe. Good save. <laughs> <laughs> there was something in the B-roll at one point uh, of an establishment called The Sensual Fire, which I want to open a restaurant now called The Sensual Fire really bad. Ooh. What was the establishment in the B-roll? It was just literally like they were panning through the town or something like that. Oh, cool. And there's some place in the background called The Sensual Fire, and I thought that was hilarious. What would it be like? Would it be like a, uh, like a sizzler? Basically, either, either that or maybe it was like a strip club or something. Now, what would yours be? Oh, mine would be uh, a strip club, like a yes. steakhouse <laughs> good slash idea. strip club. Um, I th- maybe like a Hooters kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it also fits with the burning and she burns, and and you would just play the Finch record on repeat inside, right? Yeah, yeah, and and the future burning themed episode that we alluded to earlier. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, this movie has a really good root. Re- review on rotten tomatoes or does it really yeah 86 percent for a horror movie that's incredible i know especially for a horror movie from 1981 i feel like they don't like horror as a whole unless it's like the newer sort of like more nuanced stuff i think people just don't appreciate horror yeah they don't not that they don't get it but they don't like you have to kind of judge it a little differently than other movies i think 86 is up there i bet it's higher than anything we've done i think yeah probably and um which really, I mean, and I really enjoy this movie. Yeah, oh, cheesy I, I movies don't movie. have to be bad. For sure, most of the time they are. This is like a rare occurrence. Yeah, and I'm glad we chose this one because it was like really refreshing after three other episodes <laughs> of like grueling movies to get through. This one was grueling for me to get through because I've watched it a couple times, like pretty recently. Yeah, I mean, I had no it wasn't super it. long, but it no. started to feel a little long for me towards the end. It's like an hour and a half, which is the perfect horror movie length. Like, yeah, you that's don't want true. much longer than that. That's true. Um, um the, at one point, a dude tells a, a story about dog shit, and the girl's <laughs> reaction is, ha 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 ha, you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was the story? Do you remember? Oh, I, don't I, don't, I don't remember that scene at all. That's funny. It's like, um, it's like right around they're telling the origin story at the campfire or whatever, and it's like they're all kind of getting ready for a night out or something. <laughs> <laughs> ha ha ha, you're crazy. Yeah. Um, and then uh, when dude and that girl are in the lake together and she's not into it, he says, okay, well then get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> It's wow like, is that eddie that says that maybe i think he's like the grimy skinny dude he's like the the kind of like molesty dude he like walks up to her and grabs her butt when yeah. they're playing baseball yep. he's like talking to jason alexander like i'm gonna go grab her butt basically he's the dude with the new york accent mode. yeah like the, totally the, the, the aggressively new york he looks accent. a little bit older than everybody else yeah. like, including todd who's like <laughs> the oldest dude yeah yeah i like jason alexander in this though it's he's fun to see guy. him in like a movie like early on in his career. Yeah. Um, with a full head of hair. Wow. I just saw my notes. The score is from the dude from Yes, Rick Wakeman. Really? So there you go. Okay. That makes sense. It, it is someone of repute. I like that. Very yeah. uh, proggy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, other notes. Um, unfortunately, this is the film that launched the careers of uh, acclaimed producers Harvey and Bob Weinstein. I had the exact note, and I also wrote, unfortunately, there. Not thrilled about that. Yeah, not thrilled about that. I feel so like people, I think even back in the day, were like hip to the Weinsteins being shitty. Yeah. And I think even just as a company, people like with some of the Halloween movies and stuff that were released by the Weinstein group were like, fuck the Weinsteins. Like they kind of suck. Like even as like just a production house or whatever, people didn't like them for some reason. Either a cast member or crew member on this movie said that uh, Harvey's creepiness 
dated back to even this. Really? Like, yeah, I read that on IMDb. So he's just it, like it was like very sad to read and, that. Yeah, through and through, terrible dude. Yeah, fuck that him. sucks. Yeah, fuck. Ugh. <laughs> uh, body counts ten. Really? Ten deaths. That seems a little low. It does seem low, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, I guess there aren't that many characters in the movie. There's though. really not. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I read that in the final scene where like Todd finally realizes that Cropsey is the old counselor or the caretaker and that he himself was one of the kids that pranked him. Right. Um, The part where they chop Cropsey in the head with the ax, Mm -hmm. Tom Savini swung the ax. Oh, no way. IRL. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, and another like thing tied to that kind of is that the director would constantly get upset about like how people were holding the shears or how the dude playing Cropsey was holding the shears. So a lot of the scenes in which he stabs someone or holds them up is actually the director in the costume rather than the actor. That's kind of cool. Yeah. He's he's like, I got to do it my way. He's got the vision and and now he gets paid as an actor. (laughs) Yeah. True. Also it's probably true. Or gets an acting credit at least too. True. Um, um, I also read something that I would like to say, but I got to find it again. That's okay. Let me see what else I got. Yeah. Um, well, I got nothing else. So I got one more thing <laughs> and it's the classic uh, Vaseline on the lens trick to create oh, some yeah, of the distortion. Oh yeah, like when he's walking around. That's super cool. Yeah, it works. And he's like in slow-mo. Yeah. It's like in slow-mo kind of like. It's a little disorienting. Like the whatever. first scene in which they use it is when the girl Tiger is her name, I think, because <laughs> the one girl yells it about 800 times in this movie. Um <laughs> Like they lose the softball in the woods and she goes and grabs it. And then like, he's walking up behind her and you think he's going to kill her. But mm-hmm. then she like runs back to the game right off. The They're bat. like, tiger, you got the ball. <laughs> they say tiger so much. It drove yeah. me insane. But they're talking about like the dog from the Brady bunch or something or Mr. Woods. Hey. Hey. <laughs> but no, that's cool. I, I like that effect of like, it's usually around the edges. So it's like a soft focus around the edges. And then in the middle, you can kind of tell what's it's like going a blurry on. Blurry goop. Blurry goop. Mm, the blurry goop Couldn't effect. I said it better myself. <laughs> you usually do a little Halloween roundup where you try and watch like as many movies as you can in October. I do. Burning is usually in my rotation too because yeah. I own it and it makes it a little bit easier. It's um, been in mine. I think like I've done it for the last five or six years. I think I've done it like two or three of the six years. And I feel like they always do it at the Camp Blood event. At, oh yeah, um, at, at Mahoney. the Mahoney Drive-in. Yeah, it is. It's maybe one of the. It's one of the best, if not the best, camp movie. Whoa! I really? Think. You know, Tom Savini also um, turned down working on Friday the Thirteenth Part Two to work on this movie. Respect, which is kind of like wild. It's kind of a big deal. That's kind of yeah. It's certainly a big deal. Yeah. Um, as far as camp-related horror movies go, I mean, this is certainly up there. I don't know if it's the best because I have like a soft spot for a lot of the Friday the Thirteenth movies. Yeah, they just but get like too, and some of them don't really even take place in a camp. The second also. one, the second one still does. I mean, the I second think. one still does. The second one. Is... My personal favorite is like four. Which one's four? The final chapter. The oh, one yeah. with like Crispin Glover in it. I haven't seen that one in a while. I like that one. I love <laughs> I love Jason Takes Manhattan. <laughs> oh, dude, I love that one. It's so it's good. It's so crazy. Definitely not a camp movie, but no. I love it. More of a boat movie. More of a boat movie. More of a city movie. <laughs> um but uh I mean and I mean like uh Sleepaway is really good. Sleepaway Camp is uh, it's so unexpected the first time you see it. It's yeah. just like wow, that's that's something. Um, yeah, I don't really have a whole lot to say. Me neither. 
you said it was 86 on Rotten 86? So What's your personal rating? Four out of four out of a hundred. Four out of a hundred. <laughs> <Four out of laughs> Jesus, no, dude! Uh, I thought you said you liked it. Four out of five, eighty percent. Yeah, yeah. I think it's pretty fair. That's about what I would give it to. Yeah, totally. I feel like we're even hopping around with our rating system. I think on the last one we might have said out of ten, and uh, then, or for the, I think the Finch uh, record we said out of ten. <laughs> now this we're doing out of five. Whatever, right. just double it, man. We'll okay? re- we'll reel it in. For just the next double time. it. Just, just double, double it. it. Um, triple you, it, triple it, even. You can triple it out of fifteen. Yeah, would be that's uh, right. Twelve out of fifteen. That's cool. <laughs> I'm a math whiz. Um, what do you think would be a good food pairing for this? A good food pairing would be like hot Cheetos and Takis, and um, <laughs> snack food, just ice cubes in a <laughs> glass. <laughs> oh man, I was gonna say like smoky ribs, like barbecue ribs or something yeah. like that. Like okay. burnt charred ribs, or like a like some s'mores. Oh, that's a good dessert for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I like that. Um, and then like um, <laughs> finch. And then fin- Oh, just like a finch, <laughs> like a fried, like a finch, a meadow lark. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's it. I'm done. That's all I got. Yeah. You gonna you snack him? Uh, yeah, I am snacking actually. Hold up. <laughs> what do you have over there? I've got a Evolution Craft Brewing Company lot number three IPA. Sick. And I had some Juju Fish, <laughs> which is the poor man's Swedish fish. <laughs> yeah. They weren't bad, though. Yeah, they were fine. Yeah. They, they got stuck in my teeth a lot, but if I ate one at a time, it was fine. <laughs> a, gl- a glowing review. I'm drinking some weird stuff from a company in uh, Asheville, North Carolina called Burial Brewing Company. Okay. It's called the Inverted Fields Ablaze Smoked Maybach Burial Plus Three Floyds Plus Sugar Creek. And I don't know. I've only really had a sip. It's fine. All right. It's good, not great. You're a tab ripper. I am a tab ripper. I used to do that. Like right away, it looks like. Yeah. As a little kid, I would just like take the tabs. You turn it. 180 degrees once it's open okay push your thumb in so that it doesn't break the tab off and have like a little sharp thing that'll cut your lip and it leaves this nice round circle so you're you're still you know safe to drink oh would you look at that Uh uh-huh yeah do you collect the tabs you just toss them uh, i toss them some people collect them for like fundraisers and stuff how are you making any money off of that dude i don't know it doesn't make any sense it's like you fill a whole bag with them and what are you cashing in for a dollar or something who's philip whole bag It's my favorite author. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Whatever. Here's a... Uh, what we, we were going to close it out with Project Mayhem? Sure. Okay. Uh, any final thoughts? Um, I think it's a little too late for me to go to camp now. Yeah, I think I so. I wish I did when I was younger. Yeah. Um, the moment might have passed. You could still go camping. That's different, man. Okay. I want the camp experience, yeah. you know? Uh, and... Uh, that's all I got. Um, Thanks for listening. Mike, what do you want to say? I was going to say school's out for the summer, so make sure your kids aren't like letting anyone on fire by accident. True. Make sure they're practicing safe sex. If you send them to camp, give them a Walkman and the Finch CD. There you go. That's all they need. And uh, here's what they should be listening to. And we'll see you guys in a week. Are these bi-weekly? We don't know. Something like that. We'll Hopefully by now, um, <laughs> You've you can find us on like, social media. Yeah. We'll figure it out. We'll see you guys soon.